This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Carnival Horizon this week, a six-night sailing over to the Western Caribbean from Port Miami. Kevin will join us here in just a little bit. But first, staff writer Richard Sims has cruise news. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. A food and beverage issue caused a second leg of a cruise to be canceled, dead in the tracks. So imagine this. You get on board a ship and you're all set for a lovely week-long sailing and they suddenly announce, sorry, but um, we can't feed you. And more importantly, we can't wet your whistle. That's kind of basically what happened to passengers on the Morella Discovery 2 who were all set for this Pride of Panama sailing when they were informed that the trip was being canceled. It sounds like they had a supply chain issue, which forced them to take this extreme measure. Uh, the ship had just completed the seven-day sailing, and as Mother Hubbard taught us all, sooner or later the cupboards are emptied. And, you know, after basically Every sailing, you you know, you you have to restock. That's just you know they they don't have room on the ships for more than enough food for like a week long sailing. Sometimes they even have to stock up in the middle of a trip. In this case, the, the because of the supply chain issues, they weren't able to, so they actually had to cancel the trip. Some people were always already on board. Some were making their way there. The cruise line did, of course, refund everybody's money and gave them some future cruise credit. Even helped them make arrangements to go home. And for those who decided, you know, they'd already come to Jamaica, which is where the, they were leaving from. For those who were already in Jamaica, they were like, you know, if you want to stay for the week, um, we will help you make arrangements to stay so that you don't have to change your flights home. But no cruise for you, sadly. Very curious to see where this goes, because a lot of the guests on board are saying that it's a HVAC issue, a refrigeration issue, keeping the food cool. They couldn't accept the food because of that. So we'll see exactly what happens there, if they're cooling systems on the fritz or what, because it is an older ship. It's Royal Caribbean's old Legend of the Seas, which came out in 1995 and transferred to Morella in 2017. What happens in Mexico stays in Mexico unless you get caught smoking. Smoking has to be one of the most controversial topics that comes up regularly among cruisers. You know, those who don't smoke hate the smell, especially in the casino. Those who do are constantly complaining about the lack of areas in which they can light up. But now those jumping on ships to Mexican ports are being warned about the super strict new laws that are being enforced down there. Um, Mexico has basically banned smoking in pretty much every public space, including like parks and beaches, you know, the places that tourists would likely go. Um, if you violate these new rules, you could be fined around $550, but you could also be detained for up to 36 hours, which would mean missing your ship and having to find your own way home. So cruise lines are sort of starting to go out of their way to make sure that passengers know this. Um, Carnival, for example, when you get off the ship in these ports, has signage making sure you know, do not smoke in public areas. You could be, you know... 
it will be interesting to see if we hear about people who violate these rules the same way that, you know, you're not supposed to smoke on your balcony, but people do. Uh, they hopefully will take this seriously because I don't know about you, but the last thing I kind of want to do is tangle with the Mexican police. Yeah. Um, but this is going to impact a lot of the most popular ports, you know, like Cozumel and Costa Maya and Sonata, Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, ports like that. So it's worth making sure you know the local laws before you get off the ship. Also, it should be noted that if you're going to a private beach resort, they still have the jurisdiction over their own rules. So if they say you can smoke on the beach or whatever, you can do that. This is just like in in parks and in public areas that are enforced as non-smoking. Exactly. And speaking of Mexico, uh, just last week after we recorded, a bit of protesting happened over there. Whenever cruise lines attempt to like expand, you can count on someone being there to protest the idea. In this case, it was the Mexican government that's really keen on the idea of building a fourth pier in Cozumel. More piers, more money, you know, that kind of thing. But protesters say this will be bad for the environment. About 100 of them showed up and protested, and they were from kind of a lot of different sectors. Some were there, some were tourists, some were local business people. Uh, this isn't exactly a new issue. This battle's been going on for a couple of years. Um, a judge ruled back in like April of 2020 that for the moment, construction on this pier could not move forward. It's designed, the pier is designed in such a way that it would actually be able to welcome some of the biggest ships in the world, like the Royal Caribbean ships, to the pier. But one interesting aspect of this story is that among the reasons protesters are trying to prevent the ships from coming is that they don't want the local economy to be too reliant on cruise passengers. Obviously, Cozumel, like every other cruise port, took a huge economic hit during the industry-wide shutdown. So the argument they're making now, as well as environmental, and you know they don't want the coral that they're trying to develop to be damaged, but one of the arguments they're making that's a little unusual is that should the area become more reliant on cruise-related money and something happen, that shuts the industry down again, well, then, God forbid, the impact on the environment will be even bigger. So in their minds, it's smart to take a less is more approach. You know, let's stay with what we've got. Let's not become even more reliant on that cruise money because, you know, those people are not going to spend as much money here as are people who are coming, like, let's say, flying in and staying overnight. Those type of people are going to spend more money. So let's focus our efforts there as opposed to the effort to bring more cruising in. NCL has added more sailings from the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, folks looking to sail out of Baltimore will have more options this year. NCL had already made plans to do some leaf peeper cruises. Um, they were bringing the Norwegian Sky in in the fall. Now they're also going to be sending her sister ship, the Norwegian Sun, to Baltimore. It'll do a few sailings in the winter months. Sun will start by doing a five-day round-trip sailing from Baltimore to Bermuda with, you know, the traditional overnight stay at King's Wharf. I just did a similar sailing on the Carnival Magic. And then for those who are looking to do a longer sailing out of Baltimore, she's scheduled to do three 12-night trips that'll hit, you know, Florida, Bermuda, the Bahamas. Once her time in Baltimore is wrapped, then the sun will head back to Miami, like all good snowbirds. So, you know, they're they're investing a little more, and there must be evidence that, you know, there are enough people in that market that make it worth bringing some in there for some of these winter sailings, get people to warmer climates. Did we ever figure out what's actually going on with Norwegian Sky? 
We did not. We still, as far as I know, um, you know, I wonder if that's part of the big push they had toward, um, remember a couple of weeks ago, they announced that they were doing a lot of uh, charters. Maybe it was part of that. I never actually looked closer at that to see. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to get an answer on that. Yeah. And Carnival Cruise Line has sent a letter to guests reminding them to behave. File this under why, as in why we can't have nice things. You know, those emails you get before a cruise, most of which, you know, they kind of get you excited about because they're advertising the spa or the casino or they're urging you to, like, buy the drink package. Well, now Carnival Cruise Line has started sending an additional email to people. It's a reminder about, well how well-behaved functioning adults should act in public. It covers everything from, like, chair hogs to their policies about what you can bring on board beverage-wise. It also covers one of my personal pet peeves, which is people hanging out in public places, watching TV or listening to music on their phones and not wearing headphones. I hate that. Uh, the letter is basically the equivalent of a Miss Manners column, and it reminds people that actions have consequences. One of the paragraphs actually reads, and this is a direct quote, any guest whose conduct affects the comfort, enjoyment, safety, or well-being of other guests or crew member will be disembarked at their own expense and banned from sailing carnival in the future. I mean, it's kind of, kind of sad that they feel the need to send this out, but... That, my friend, is the world we live in today. Listener question from Tom. Email your questions, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. We're leaving for a cruise on February 18th on the horizon, and I've heard uh, horror stories about traffic issues getting to and from the port. I understand that shuttles for most parking garages are not that reliable, and we are using an off-site parking garage, so not parking at the port. Any thoughts on this? We're also wondering, should we Uber because we're worried about the reliability of the shuttle service from the park and garage? Any thoughts? Yeah, 100% Uber. I mean, Uber is always the answer in this kind of situation for a couple of reasons. One, you're right. The shuttle can be unreliable. Um, if you miss the shuttle, you're screwed, whereas you're not going to miss your Uber. Another thing that a lot of people don't think about, they sometimes think about taking a taxi instead of an Uber. Generally speaking, a taxi is not going to have a set rate, whereas the Uber is. You know, you're going to know when that Uber arrives, here's how much it costs. Well, imagine if you do wind up caught in bad traffic, that taxi the, the fare is just going to keep ticking up and up and up, whereas your Uber, you know exactly. Sorry, Uber driver. I mean, I'll, I'll tip you better, but, you know, you know that it's a set price. So pretty much anytime there's a question of getting to appear on time, um, I uh, my two biggest pieces of advice are, uh, yes, take an Uber and also try and get there early. You know, don't do not leave it till the last minute. You mm -hmm. don't want to find something terrible happens on the highway, you know, and, and an Apple truck over overturns and suddenly you're stuck in two hour traffic and you actually miss the ship. They will not wait for you. So get there early and yes, take an Uber. And the second question is, I see where Carnival has a board, a rookie return, a pro cruise giveaway they're doing. The only issue is I have a lot of cruises under my belt. Can I still enter this contest? That's a really good question, and it was actually the first thing I wondered as well, um, because, you know, was there going to be something that said you 
could it was only open to first time cruisers. But I read the rules. Uh, you know, I'm, very rarely do people actually go and read those pages, but I actually went and read through the rules. And despite it being marketed as for first time cruisers, there's nothing in there saying you actually have to be a first time cruiser. There's a couple other things you should probably know as well. The cruise is actually a fifteen hundred dollar voucher, good toward a balcony stateroom. Can can you even get a balcony for fifteen hundred these days? Mm. It covers the cruise fare only, so it does not include like port fees, taxes, things like that. And the other thing to know is that it is not available. Um, it is not a voucher that you can use on the newest ship, so you cannot use it on Celebration, Jubilee, or Mardi Gras. But otherwise, enter to your heart's content and good luck. And if you do want to enter, it's PepsiRookieCruise.com. It looks like it's going through February 28th. So we have that going on. All right, staff writer Richard Sims, as always, my friend, thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Glad to be here. Are you really? Always. Do you have a story or a tip to report? Let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry. Kevin and his family did a six-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Horizon out of Port Miami over Thanksgiving. And Kevin joins us on the line. How you doing, Kevin? Doing great, Doug. How are you? Good. Haven't talked to you in a while, so good to hear your voice, man. And good to hear a review of Carnival Horizon. It's been since July of 21 since we had one on the show here. So we're going to take a step back. You're in the Pacific Northwest. You had to come over here to Florida. Give us a pre-cruise thoughts about this six-nighter. Yeah, we're always looking for a uh, you know, good cruise getaway over Thanksgiving, and this one was a very appealing itinerary, and we can leave it on a Sunday, come back on the following Saturday. So since we have long ways to travel, it's kind of nice to be to bookend it with uh, some travel days on there and not have to take too much vacation time, too. Are you all having a nasty winter this year? Yeah, we are. It's It's been a lot of snow. Uh, you know, beginning of January, it... Uh, you know, it had a nice melt off for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, like, I think it was last weekend, there was a, another batch of snow that came down. So, yeah. yeah, it's been pretty nasty. Gotcha. So, you make your way from the Pacific Northwest down to Miami. Any pre cruise time down there? Yeah, we always, uh, for some reason, no matter, if, uh, no matter if we're cruising out of Miami or Fort Lauderdale, we usually try to gravitate towards uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, just a little calmer um, atmosphere in general and easier flights in and out. And, We've found a really awesome hotel that gives us great service that's right along the beach. So we just tend to do that. What hotel do you use? We use the Conrad Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, it's a it's a really, really nice hotel. It's all all suites. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be kind of pricey, so usually I end up using, you know, Hilton Honors points to get yeah. a pretty good deal off of it. But it's a, it's a great location. I mean, especially for getting especially if you're cruising out of Fort Lauderdale for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 10 minutes away from the port, but even Miami, I mean, it's 45 minutes, but 
it's not bad, right? You know, to have a little bit calmer atmosphere, especially with the with the little guy usually traveling with us. Yeah, and those uh, those Lauderdale beaches are a little more subdued than the the South Beach as well. Yeah, no, especially I think so. When 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 it, it was just my wife and I. Yes, you know South Beach would be perfectly okay, right. you know, no problem at all. But you know, when we're just trying to have a nice little family atmosphere, you know, and be able to enjoy the pool or the beach, you mm-hmm. know, when we fly in or fly out, it's great, it's great, uh, great spot. For sure. So, what do y'all? You know, like hire a shuttle service, or do you like Uber down to Port Miami from Lauderdale? When our son was younger, we often actually did like a car service because mm-hmm. then that way they could, uh, you know, provide us like a car seat and everything like that. We didn't have to truck it along uh, the entire trip. Because usually, like when when a kid's two or younger, they can uh, or under two, I guess it really is. They don't need their own seat on an airplane. Mm-hmm. They can just be a lap child, and you know that way we'd have to haul the car seat around. Yeah. Um, now that he's uh, now he's over two, he's required to have a seat on the, on the plane. You know, full fledged mm-hmm. passenger. So, you know, we have we have to bring his car seat. So this time around, probably going forward, uh, uh, we just do Uber or Lyft. Um, very convenient, very easy, especially for most of the airports. Gotcha. So you make your way down to Port Miami. How was uh, embarkation for you? Embarkation is really, really, really quick, especially since a lot of the you know COVID restrictions have pretty much been lifted, and you know all of us are fully vaccinated and all that fun stuff. We had booked a suite on the ship. Check-in curb to ship was probably twenty minutes at most. You know, we really didn't really stop too much, which is which was wonderful. Wow, that's not a that's not bad for Port Miami on a Carnival cruise. No, definitely not. I mean, you know, because I think they just started boarding uh, when we walked into the terminal. So Mm -hmm. it worked out really well uh, with with that. The only thing that was a little confusing um, when we did come into Port Miami is that day. And Doug, I think you you might actually been Port Miami too that day. It was pouring down buckets um, left and right. I think that was the day that the celebration came in on its inaugural sailing. And it was just rain left and right. And so there was no porters at all on the curb, which was crazy um, to be able to, to hand off our luggage. So we actually ended up for the first time ever, literally hauling our luggage all the way through uh, to our stateroom. So we were thankful that <laughs> we were able to get on board really, really quickly and not, not have too much waiting around because, you know, traveling with a little guy and had all the stuff that he has and our, our bags, it was, it was a lot to haul around and, yeah, it was quite quite chaotic at the terminal, but we were thankful to be able to get through really really quickly. And you know what, man? I have um, I've been to Miami a lot, and that's like the worst torrential downpour that I've ever seen there. Because it started when we on a celebration we pulled in at two o'clock that morning, and it started, and it went for like two days straight. Yeah, it never. Um, I mean, I think it even delayed our sailing a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like it delayed everyone's sailing. Yeah, and we were good. headed out, headed out. So it, I guess I'm assuming there are coastal warnings or whatever that they just had to slow down traffic, or whatever. But it was, I've been through a lot of downpours originally from Southeast Texas, mm-hmm. but this one was, this one was definitely one for the one for the record books. Yeah, it was full throttle for sure. So you make your way on board the ship. I know you've done this one before. But what were your first impressions this time around? The Horizon's a really great ship. You know, it's definitely not the Celebration or the Mardi Gras has a lot more, um, you know, new, new smell and all that fun stuff, a lot more act- activities. However, um, it's a really, really nice ship and very well laid out. Uh, we, you know, we sailed it back in, Oh, I think it was March of 2019. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, been quite a few years, but it looked pretty much 
same, you know, uh, same as back then and uh, very well kept up. Nice. So what kind of stateroom did you book for this six night cruise? So we had a grand suite that was kind of, I think it was on deck eight or yeah, deck eight, uh, kind of more forward, slightly bigger room, but you know, it was a, it was great size for, especially for, you know, three, three people in the room and giving space for our taller to kind of be able to move around the room and so forth. Uh, it was a really, really nice room. So my question is, Kevin, what makes it grand except the extra square footage? Is that pretty much about it? That's really about it, except the thing that I didn't realize is that it gave us access to the Havana area, the Havana experience on, mm-hmm. the, on the ship. I didn't realize that, uh, which was fine. That's obviously a nice perk, right, <laughs> as yeah. far as that's concerned. But, you know, it's, I think it's only on the Vista class ships and above um, that, that they do give that, give that option or give that ability for uh, the, the grand suites, you know, where you have access to your own, I would say, I say you know, semi-private pool, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you and a few other guests, but not, you're not with the mass general population if you wanted to. And um, nice little, you know, quiet area on deck five in the back. But yeah, just a little bit extra square footage. I think it's, you know, I think most suites on Carnival are about, 275 square foot. I think this one is like 325. Nice. So okay. just slightly bigger, but yeah. you know, obviously the space is definitely welcomed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with traveling with a toddler. Very cool there. So let's talk about the dining on board this six night cruise. We'll start at the top there at the Lido deck marketplace. How was your experience there throughout the week? It was good. Um, they, they definitely moved, moved the uh, food around pretty, pretty good. I mean, as far as there's always fresh food, good food, it's very well spread out, you know, as far as that's concerned with, you know, different stations kind of throughout, throughout that whole deck 10 area. You know, we, we always enjoy going in there to grab a quick bite to eat, or, you know, sometimes we grab a burger for ourselves and then grab other stuff for, um, you know, more kid friendly food that was inside. It was really nice. We had a, we always had good experiences there at the Lido marketplace. And then how about for the main dining room? What time dining did you have and how was your experience there? We had early dining and it was really good. We were seated in the, oh, I don't remember which, because there's two big, two main dining rooms in on the horizon. We were in the one that was kind of in the middle of the ship, as far as that's concerned. So it's a single level, um, just kind of in, in the middle area. And it was good. Uh, the service was top notch. I mean, they would serve us really, really quickly, especially, you know, they knew that the a uh, little guy usually needed, uh, you know, needed food fairly quickly. Otherwise, havoc would would, would ensue. Um, and so, usually, they brought out his food really quickly and then paced the rest of us. And you know, they had the typical uh, carnival experience with you know singing and dancing every night and you know the showtime stuff and everything. But no, we had a really great service. Cool. Now, outside of the main dining room in the buffet area, anything like the uh, they they have a they do have uh what like a Guy Fieri um they have a brewery on there right they do yeah so anything like the any barbecue or guys burger or anything like that yeah so my wife knows that if we're on a ship that has uh just a guys burger or not sorry guys burger guys barbecue um that's where we always go on the first day on embarkation day so mm-hmm. it's usually not that busy and you can get really good service and and everything. Yeah, you know, that's what we did on on embarkation day. We went to Guy's Barbecue. Also, with the other complimentary stuff, I mean, we, we did go to Guy's Burger several times. Um, the pizza place, Blue Iguana. Oh, and the deli too, uh, which is technically part of the buffet. 
but is called out separately within the carnival uh, food offerings. We also tried the pasta bar uh, one time, mm-hmm. you know, and every and which is it's in the um, Kachina area. But during the day, they have it as a pasta bar, and it's complimentary. Uh, and so basically, when you walk in, they give you like a little sheet of paper with all the different choices that you can have, like in your the type of pasta, what you want in your pasta, um, side items, things like that. And you fill it out. Uh, I think it's the same way that they do the Mongolian walk as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is across the way in uh, Gigi's uh, on the horizon. So it's not within the buffet, but you know, we did the, we did the pasta bar and it was, it was really good. Did you eat at the, um, the Mongolian walk at all on your sailing? We did not do, uh-huh. do it this time. Uh, gotcha. We usually do, but uh, we just kind of ran out of days. <laughs> right. And I hear you. Well, let's talk about the entertainment on this six night cruise. What did you think of it? Definitely some good entertainment. Um, the downfall about sailing a lot, especially on carnival ships, is you often see a lot of the same shows flow through. And, and so, uh, unfortunately, that was the case for us. Uh, but uh, I mean, the entertainment we did see was was really good and, and you know up to the carnival expectations. They also had a couple of good comedians uh, flow through during the week. And uh, the comedy is definitely something that uh, carnival is known for and I think does better than some of the other cruise lines. For the comedians, were they doing any of the shows in the main theater or was it in the small area? It was a mixture. They were mostly they were mostly in the main area, um, if I recall, just because of the the space requirements and so forth. That's that's one downfall about Carnival's comedy shows is that they do tend to put them in those smaller theaters and if you're not in line 30 minutes before the show, there's a good chance you're not getting in. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, luckily if it was in the liquid lounge is the, the bigger one. And so if it was in the liquid, in the liquid lounge, you were good to go. You know, you knew you were going to be able to get a seat, but if it was in the limelight, you were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be there 30 minutes before. Yeah. Did y'all do like the sky ride or anything up there? We did not this time. We have done it in the past on our previous sailing and it's definitely good, good fun. But no, this time we didn't get to do it. Gotcha. All right. Well, how about the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? You know, they had the the congestion was wasn't too bad. Uh, there's definitely the typical choke points, uh, especially kind of right on the main pool deck, deck ten. You know, right by Guy's Burger or Blue Guana. But besides that, there was there was definitely a lot of uh, space to kind of spread out. Uh, it's one nice thing about this ship and its layout is it really has three three main outdoor decks, deck 10, 11, and 12, you know, and so plenty of space uh, all throughout the ship, not just at the main pool, but even kind of along the sides, uh, front and back. Uh, So there was plenty of space to enjoy the sun if you wanted to. Nice. This was a Thanksgiving day, or I guess a Thanksgiving week sailing, I guess you went on here. Did you notice a lot of kids on board because of it being Thanksgiving week? Yeah, there, there were a lot of kids, a lot of families, a lot of kids. I don't know what the the ratio was, but we've gone uh, sailing at the end of September on Carnival, and that's not a very typical family family mm-hmm. uh, time to go, right? Because school's in session, so there weren't very many kids. But this one, there were there were quite a few. How old is your son now? Three? He's two and a half now. Two and a half. So, what what is a two and a half year old? Is he is he liking the the kids club, or is it kind of a you just using them as a babysitting service, or what what are the thoughts there? We use it as a kind of like a babysitting service. He doesn't quite understand the concept at this point, but we've definitely enjoyed it on other other ships. This time around, the staffing and 
I guess they, they were probably you know, the last question you talked about the number of kids, they were very overwhelmed with the quantity. And so he, he really didn't like it. And we, as a family didn't really enjoy that experience at all. And actually had some, had some general, <laughs> general issues with it, but every parent's different on how that works out. And, you know, it's definitely a great offering that um, all the cruise lines typically have, uh, you know, carnival starts at that two years old, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, a complimentary at two years old, uh, which is nice. Um, where I think Royal Caribbean, I, I think you have to be three before, before it's complimentary, you know, younger, it's younger on world. They, they have a charge and carnival is kind of hit or miss. I think if they had anything under two, um, but anyways, but it's, it's a great offering if, if, uh, if, if it works out. As you're walking through the ship, like on the sea days, you're going to dinner and everything. How was the smoke situation in and around the casino? It wasn't too bad. So with the layout of the horizon on deck four, I think is where the casino was. Um, you really pretty much had to walk through the casino if you wanted to get uh, to or from on that deck. So that one was a little bit tricky. Uh, so the, the smoke was at times pretty intense. And then also on deck 11 in the main pool area, I think it is, there's is a typical smoking section too uh, for the outdoors area. And so it could get pretty intense there where we would actually kind of alter our path when we were walking around outside to, to, to stay away from the smoke because it would be pretty, uh, like I said, pretty intense. Did you by chance notice if they made the conference room on Horizon a non-smoking casino? Because I know on Magic they did. I did not notice that. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just curious. Um, all right, well, let's talk about your ports of call on this six-night cruise. You said you went to Ocho Rios, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel, right? That is correct. Awesome. So let's just hit those in order then and uh, talk about the time in Ocho Rios. What did you do there? And we'll move to Grand Cayman. Yeah, so Ocho Rios, we had a, we did a excursion called the Bamboo Beach Club. So basically, they just uh, picked you up and you know right there at the port, transported you to their beach club, and um, was really nice. They had basically you know your your small group of people. They had a couple waitresses or waiters um, that would come around and uh, make sure you had a you know a couple of drinks. They didn't have any like you couldn't really choose too much for what was included but they had a couple items that you could choose from alcoholic and non-alcoholic. They also had uh, you know, little small, what I consider tastings as far as food. Um, it said officially that they included lunch, but um, I'll say we definitely went back and I think grabbed some a hamburger or a pizza after it. So um, just little tastings of food. And the, but the, the beach itself was really, really nice. Um, included a you know beach chair and you know where you could have some shade with some trees and so forth. So we definitely enjoyed it. Have they cleaned the port area up at Ocho Rios? And when I was there a couple of years ago, I was actually where it when that restart happened. A lot of drugs being offered around there. Yeah, there there definitely seemed to be that that atmosphere for sure. Um, we weren't actually offered any, but it sounded like there was some some uh, offerings going around for gotcha. sure. And then uh, what'd you do in Grand Cayman? So Grand Cayman, we did the Turtle Farm and Wildlife Adventure, I think is what they called it. And so on Grand Cayman, they have the Turtle Sanctuary. Uh, I've been to that a real long time ago. I was probably 20 years ago, maybe. So it's definitely changed. They basically kind of take you on a little guided tour around their facility and show you, um, you know, all the different sizes of turtles, I guess, of sea turtles, both from, you know, little babies all the way up to the 
the other the ones that are at retirement age and so forth. Um, so that was really cool, you know. And they have a you know little area that you can go see some birds and other things around too that you can kind of walk around. And then they also have a nice little swim area too. So we that's where we kind of took advantage of where um, basically a big big pool. Uh, what comes down to it, but uh, you know a lot of people were you know slides and stuff. So you could really enjoy some water time as well. Is this the turtle sanctuary that actually raises the turtles for some of it, like for slaughter because it's a delicacy in some parts of the world and then the turtle eggs and everything? I don't think they slaughter them or raise them for food. I believe a lot of it's to to eventually release out into the ocean, I think is what I gathered. Uh, They didn't mention anything about the slaughtering (laughs) process or anything like that, but uh, doesn't mean that's doesn't mean that's the what doesn't go down to right. But they had pretty large operations with even like a little hatchery and all that fun stuff. Fortunately, it wasn't uh, uh, you know hatching season. I guess so we just missed it by a month or so. But so we could look at the area you know where where that would go down. But it was nice. I'm having flashbacks PTSD here of when I was 18 years old on Carnival Destiny. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and our parents, we all took this cruise. We went to the turtle farm and it's like a big round pool that you put your hand in and touch the turtles. And I remember the guy telling us, telling our group, enjoy them now because they're going to be on a plate later. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I couldn't tell if he was kidding or not. So that's why I, I had to ask. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, there was no mention of that. But like I said, that doesn't mean there's not what the, not what their fate was, but you know, I, I guess maybe they uh, decided that wasn't very uh, uh, PR, I guess you would say. Right. Right? So. <laughs> yeah. The next port of call was Cozumel. What did y'all do there? So we did uh, a trip over to, was it uh, Passion Island, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they take, uh, basically get off the ship and there's a, a couple of ways you can actually get there. We just did what they call it, the power catamaran. And there's also another option that we've done in the past uh, called Twister, which is more of a wild ride uh, where you're kind of speedboat and they do some tricks and stuff and get you uh, pre-wet for the beach, I guess you could say. But this time we just did the power catamaran since we were uh, with the little guy. And it was good. It was nice. It, unfortunately, it was a long, long boat ride over. Uh, it's about 30 to 45 minutes over to the island. Uh, but once you get over there, you know, it's all inclusive as far as that's concerned. So they have a nice, you know, Mexican buffet that you can enjoy. They have, you know, drinks as well, alcoholic and non-alcoholic and you get, you know, beach chair and all that fun stuff. And we had a real good time. We just didn't quite know the adventure that we were going to have on the way back. So after our time there, you know, you could tell it was getting a little uh, dark and gloomy out there. And, uh, I feel like that rain that we experienced in Miami caught up to us, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm sure this was a completely different storm. And so it was it was uh, pouring down cats and dogs on our way back. And so and then about a quarter of the way back to you know Cozumel, our boat veered off to the, to the left, I think it was, and uh, we ran across. Uh, basically, the captain noticed a, a distressed a boat that was in, in the water looked like it was about three, three locals that were trying to uh, maybe go out fishing, not really sure. And so that they were definitely, they were, well, there's one guy that was trying to shovel as much water as he could out of his boat, but it wasn't going to work out for them. And so they ended up tying that boat to the back end of our boat. And then we basically had to kind of go at really slow speeds 
back to Cozumel towing them. By the time we when we got to basically the first area, which I think is kind of right by where the Norwegian ships dock, there was a you know police and an ambulance there waiting for them, and so we dropped them off there, and then they let us know that they were they had to, they let Carnival know that we were running late. You know, because we were this this excursion was supposed to end about five o'clock, and uh, I think it was already five fifteen when we dropped them off, uh, maybe even five thirty, and the ship was supposed to sail about five forty five six o'clock, and so they had to let Carnival know that we were running late, and they got us back to the to the dock right there by where the Carnival ship's dock in Cozumel, and basically was like like run <laughs> to go straight, no shopping, no nothing, go straight to the ship and. You know, we did, and that was a uh, one of the first times I ever, right when we got onto the ship and got through security, that we know that they uh, they were closing down the gangway. You know, so they were pulling in the pulling the gangway and shutting the door right behind us. So wow, they were definitely waiting for us, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was not, you know, especially because it was a carnival excursion, so you knew that they were most likely going to wait anyways. But they reassured us on the on the little little boat coming back from uh, Passion Island. That, they already were, you know, informed and everything, but it's also cool. Besides, you know, stressing about making it back to the ship, it was really cool to uh, be part of, I guess you could say, a, a rescue in a way. You know, these uh, three three locals that were, you know, stranded in the middle of the that strait there, you know, between Cozumel and Passion Island. So interesting experience coming back, and another another good reason to have that cruise line excursion if you're going to go a far away from the boat. Yeah, no. I mean, that's one thing, right? In Cosmel, if you stick to the mainland Cosmel, you're just a taxi right away. Yeah. But if you're take if you're going off to mainland Mexico, like you know Playa de Carmen or anything that doesn't require or anything that's more than just a taxi, uh, you know, you you really need to either have that cruise line excursion or make sure it's well padded as far as that's concerned. I think I think I've heard some people say, you know, if you're doing it on your own, try and be back, you know, two to to, you know, plan to be back what two to three hours before departure, if you can, you know, just yeah. in case something goes wrong. And this one was definitely cutting it close. But yeah, like I said, we were on a carnival excursion, so well, uh, you know, at least we knew we were kind of protected. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about the Western Caribbean here, um, I just pulled up this the uncommoncaribbean.com, and it says the Turtle Farm certainly skirts a fine line between putting on a good show for tourists and feeding the island's appetite for turtle meat, a culinary <laughs> tradition that dates back centuries in the Cayman Islands. It's a delicate balancing act, but one that's probably best for all parties concerned. Yes, even the turtles. So I guess they do. <laughs> sounds like they do, yeah. Yeah, I, interesting. So that's definitely still... wasn't mentioned, but you know. I... <laughs> yeah, I knew I wasn't going crazy. Okay, very good. So you make your way back to Port Miami there. How was Debark? Debark was slow, so it was. Uh, I guess because of all the all the folks and everything, it just it took a while to get to the point of getting off the ship. But once you once you got off the ship, things really really sailed from there. Uh, no pun intended, obviously. You know the lines were were super quick. They were using the uh, facial recognition to get through customs, you know, and and everything. But you know, probably after when we we're after we were stepping off the ship to when we we're waiting for. You know, our, our lift ride, it, you know, again, it was probably 20, 25 minutes at most. I mean, the, the longest line in particular was probably after you got your luggage and, you know, waiting to get out of, out of the terminal. That was about it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, 
So not not too bad. Yeah, no. Um, any first time tips to offer someone sailing? Actually, you know what? Before we even get to that, how was the Thanksgiving feast on board? It was really good. So they offer um, on Carnival. They offer you know mix mix of different things. You know, obviously it's usually a formal night. And then also they had the, the traditional turkey. Um, they usually had you know some sort of seafood option and a couple. They even had some uh, uh, Cajun options too. And so. The turkey option is really great. Uh, yeah, we were last on Carnival for Thanksgiving. Actually, I think it's on the Vista before the um, pandemic, and I wasn't too impressed with it. But this time around, it was really, really good. So, cool. would highly recommend it. Any first-time tips to offer someone sailing Carnival Horizon? It's a really great ship, so they they definitely keep good care of it. Even though it's not that super old, obviously, uh, it's not has doesn't have the latest and greatest uh, like a. Uh, Instead of like Mardi Gras or celebration, it really has a, a lot of uh, good things to offer for all ages, uh, whether down to the kids or all the way up to the adults. You know, it, uh, you're definitely in for a, a good time. Very cool. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all? Just the family time. I think I tell you that most every time, you know, for the most part, but we really love cruising and we really enjoy, the, you know, the, the what it brings to our family. And, you know, whenever we have one booked and, uh, you know, and we're looking forward to it. We just, we can't wait for that day to come. And, uh, you know, we don't get the internet packages or any of that stuff. We truly just disconnect from, from society in a way and, you know, spend time, you know, with, the, as, as the three of us and, uh, and what you know, get to experience the different tropical islands that you can. And we had a great time. Final thoughts of Carnival Horizon. Great ship. Great opportunity for uh, good fun and uh, highly recommend that itinerary to, to anyone that's looking at. We've been talking with Kevin about his six-night sailing over Thanksgiving on board Carnival Horizon out of Port Miami. Kevin, great talking to you again, my friend, and thank you so much for sharing this review. Of course, Doug. Have a good one. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.